Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Tim shares the Word of God. Our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Pastor Tim with today's message. We here in America have a long, long, long list of holidays. The truth, most of us don't even know when they are. I want a show of hands. How many of you this last year have been to the post office or the bank or the revenue office and it was closed? And you're going, what's going on? You say, why is it about? Somebody says, well, it's Columbus Day. Oh, I mean, come on. I mean, you don't even know when all the holidays are. And you go to the bank, try to do business, and you wonder, what is going on here? I mean, we got a long Martin Luther King's birthday. I didn't know it was Martin Luther King's birthday. This letter's got to be, I got to get my license here. I didn't even know it was a holiday. Nobody told me it was a holiday. Wish they would have told me before my alarm clock went off. Holiday, holiday. We got a long list of holidays. And we're told they're all the same. They're all these national holidays are, are the same. And we're certainly told today that all religious holidays are the same. Yet, the last several weeks, I've been looking around at this holiday, and there's something glaringly different. Glare! All holidays are basically the same. I've been looking around glaringly different. Terry and I had to run to Dallas and, and, and back. Through every town, the city streets decorated. Houses all the way there and all the way back decorated. You know, since this is the holiday season and all holidays are basically the same, why has no one ever gone to the post office on December 25th and not known why it was closed? No one. No one has ever driven to the bank on December 25th and going, what is going on here? The title of today's message, as a matter of fact, the title of next week's message, because as I got into this, I saw right quick, I'm not going to pull this off in one time. So we're going to talk about this this week and next week. The title of today's message is, why is Christmas a big deal? Why is Christmas a a big deal. You know, it's very interesting to me that I am told there are many, many religions, and all religions are basically the same, and I'm told that all religions have equal importance in America, that all religions have equal validity here in America. Well, that's interesting to me, because Mohammed had a birthday, and we don't cancel school for two weeks. We don't have plays, we don't have songs, we don't decorate the main street of every town with lights, we don't have office parties on Buddha's birthday, we don't have parties on Reverend Moon's birthday and drag trees in our house, and I certainly don't hang off of the roof of my house on Reverend Moon's birthday. The economy in America does more in retail sales in one month of the year than it does the 11 month it's combined, and it's interesting that I am continually told that this is just one of many holidays. That I am being inundated with the fact that all religions have equal validity in our country. 
Here's what's interesting to me. It's very interesting to me that millions of people who don't confess Jesus as Lord put up an evergreen tree, a symbol of everlasting life. Put a wreath on the door. There's only one reason for that wreath is the crown of thorns. There's no other thing that you can do with a circle of thorns and sticker bushes or holly bushes. It's a symbol of the crown of thorns. They put lights on their house. There's only reason Jesus is the light of the world. We put candy canes. There's only reason because he's the good shepherd. We buy presents for loved ones because God so loved the world he gave. And millions of people who don't confess Jesus as Lord do that. I don't confess Muhammad as Lord, therefore I don't even have a clue when his birthday is. I don't confess Buddha as Lord, therefore I don't even know when his birthday is. I don't, I don't do any of that for Reverend Moon's birthday. Yet I am continually told, we're taught in college, I mean we're inundated, we're, we're inundated in schools, that all religions are of equal validity. Yet Muslims and Buddhists, atheists, they're all aware of Jesus' birthday. And no one who is not a part of that is aware of those leaders' birthday. There will be no Muslim that goes to the bank and wonders why it's closed on December 25th. Don't tell me all religions are the same. Don't tell me all religions have the equal validity in America and that America responds all the same. No, 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 no. Christmas, it's a big deal. It, Christmas is a big deal. And it is for every person in America. Since all religions are the same and have the same impact in people's lives, then why does Mohammed's birthday not change the dating system of the whole world? Why did Reverend Moon's birthday not change the calendar of the whole world? Let me just tell you something. Christmas, it's a big deal. It's not just another one of many holidays. Billions of dollars are not spent celebrating any other religious leader's birthday. Stores have up Christmas decorations, not Mohammedmas decorations. <laughs> and when I go to the store, I don't want you to say happy holidays because it's Christmas. That's right. That's right. I'm not here buying presents because it's Lent or Hanukkah or Mohammed's birthday or Columbus' birthday or Martin Luther King's birthday. Don't say happy holidays to me. I'm here spending all this money in your store because it's Christmas. And I'm here spending money only because it is Jesus' birthday. Christmas, it's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. I don't believe Muhammad is the Savior of the world. Therefore, I don't decorate my house. I don't buy presents. I don't honor. I don't respect. I don't even know when his birthday is yet. Regardless if you confess Jesus is Lord or not, you're aware of and you participate in the celebration of his birth. Is that noted by anybody but me? Is that noted by anybody but me? Why are you forcing, why are you force feeding me that all religions are basically the same? The title of the message today 
is why is Christmas a big deal? Because it's a big deal. And it is a big deal to everybody. Let's just take a quick look. Mankind in all of creation got here on earth by the hand of God. Let, let's don't be fools. Let, let's don't be fools and let's don't be foolish. None of science and none of scientific methodology believes in upward mobility. The science law of entropy that science operates on says all things move toward disorder. And you can put a pile of glass and rubber and steel out in a field and come back 500 years later, there won't be a brand new GMC Donati sitting there. There is no upward mobility. Take a brand new GMC and set it in a mowed, manicured field and come back in 500 years later and there will be briars and thorns and there will be a pile of rubber and steel and glass. Time plus chance produces disorder. It never produces order 100% of the time. If you get out of your spaceship and you step out on the moon or on some other planet and you see an iPhone laying there, and you pick it up and it is full of data, you are instantly convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that a planner, that a designer, that a thinker, that a builder has been here and put it here because there is no way anybody can tell you that some atoms and some atoms and some atoms banged together for five billion years and put that iPhone there. You're not going to buy that. If somebody says, oh, nobody's been here, nobody built that, we just had a bunch of moon dust hit together and look at that, came out, you'd look at them and say, you're a fool. And that's what I want to say to our college professors that are teaching our young people today. What in the world is the matter with you? Are you serious or are you really just joking? <laughs> Romans chapter 1. Good. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful and wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Those that want to live in sin have to suppress truth. And here's what you can know whenever your college professor is telling you a bunch of foolishness. You can know there's a person that wants to live in sin and is suppressing the obvious truth. That's what you can know, because it says, verse 19, they know the truth about God. They know the truth about God. I don't care what they say and what they act like and what they tell you. They know the truth about God, because he has made it obvious to all of them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. You can see God's invisible qualities when you look at the order of creation. Because order does not come out of chaos. 
You can take a jar full of colored marbles and shake it five billion years, and at no time will all the reds, the greens, the blues, the whites, the yellows, the orange, they will never line up in a perfect line, either perpendicular or vertical. They'll never do it, not ever. Because chaos does not produce order. That's why when you look at creation and you look at the way all of this works, you clearly see God. They don't have any excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God. They didn't worship Him as God or give Him thanks. And then they begin to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise. Dr. So-and-so, Professor So-and-so, claiming to be wise, <laughs> they became utter fools. Utter fools. It's only those who suppress the truth can say that there is no God, because God is clearly seen. As we look and we see order, there is no other option. God placed man here on purpose and for a purpose. And a perfect God placed man in a perfect environment, and man was a perfect creation. There were no aches, there were no pains, there were no sickness, there was no aging. There were no earthquakes, there wasn't any floods. In fact, your picnic was never rained out. Water just came up from the ground and watered everything. That's the way it worked. Mankind was created in a relationship with God. God had a relationship with man. But it was a forced relationship until God provided man a choice. God didn't want forced participation with him. God wanted man to choose him. And so God gave man a choice. And in doing so, history shows us that man chose a life that God curses, a life separated from God. Man chose a life without God. Because when man chose darkness, light had to leave because you can't have dark and light in the same room at the same time. When we chose bad, good left because you can't have bad and good at the same time. When we chose wrong, right left. There is no true and false in the same sentence. So sin separated man from God. And from that moment on, mankind searched for God and looked for God and longed for God because man is created with a need for God on the inside of him. And so when you don't have God, there is a void. There's an itch that you're trying to scratch. And we're trying to scratch it with drugs and alcohol. We're trying to fill that void with money. We're trying to fill that void with new cars and bigger houses. And we're trying to fill that void with rings and necklaces and vacation. We're trying to fill. The world is trying to fill a void. And let me tell you something. I hope you can buy a brand new car every six weeks. That's great. But it'll never fill a void in your life. It'll never fill a void in your life. Buy a ring so big you have to carry your arm in a sling. That's just fantastic. But it'll never fill a void in your life. 
and you're looking for that to do something for you that it will never do, there is a hole in your heart and it can only be filled by a relationship and the presence of God. And you can do everything that you can do up your nose, down your throat to try to fill that void. But it'll never be filled until you have that relationship with God. Mankind searches for God. Man must have a supreme being in his life that is more powerful than him. He must have a supreme being. Man longs for a supreme being that's more powerful than himself. Ah, not me. I don't need God. I don't need God. Let the doctor come in and say there's nothing more he can do. And then you're needing something bigger than you. Let a crisis happen in your life that you emotionally are unable to suck it up and walk through it by yourself and you will cry out for God. I don't need God. Wrap your car around a tree and have the doctor looking over you. Have them trying to get you out of that car and you will be crying out to you. I don't need God. Let the airplane engines go out and on the way down you will be crying for a power greater than yourself. I'm telling you there is a hole in every man's life and you will. You will come to the place in your life where you cry out for a power that's greater than yourself. I'll pull myself up by my own bootstraps and that works great until you can't. And then you're needing a power greater than yourself. Here's the problem. For 4,000 years of history, man would cry out to God but couldn't find him. God wanted a relationship with man but couldn't have one. There was an impossible separation because of sin. Because a holy God does not hang out with a sinful man. You can't have light and dark in the same room at the same time. So for 4,000 years, man would try to get a perfect animal that didn't have a spot or a blemish on it and sacrifice it and let that blood pay a temporary penalty or or a temporary price. He tried to let that blood, there was no forgiveness, but all you could do is cover your sin or let that blood make an atonement for your sin. Man had an attempt to just cover his sin in some way, shape, form, or fashion. A system was put in place where the high priest was appointed and he was a go-between between man and God and you would go tell the high priest what you wanted to tell God and, and you'd have to wait for a whole year before it's time for him to go back into the Holy of Holies and then he would go in and talk to God for you and then come back out and try to tell you what God said and, and, and then we had prophets that would tell man what God said except for sometimes we would go three and four hundred years without a prophet speaking. And then we had judges that tried to make right decisions from God to man. And, and, and it, it's hard for us. And I've been working on this message for two or three weeks now, and, and I, I was unable to come up with words that I could describe or paint the condition man was in without God. Because you and I or in a different dispensation in history, we're under the new covenant. And so, well, God doesn't speak to me. I've never heard a burning bush. You have no idea what it would be like to live in the dark ages. Because inside your life, don't go there. You should have called her. You know what? You did a good thing. You're driving home from that person's house, and you hear the voice inside. That was a good thing. 
You did the right thing by going there. We commune with God throughout the day. I mean, there's nothing like it. You get up in the morning, you get your coffee, and you look out the window, and you watch the sun come up, and you watch the day begin to come alive. And, and there is an experience with a presence of a supreme being that, that supersedes the ability for me to communicate in words. Whenever you're laying in bed at night and, and you're hurting and you're miserable and you're lonely and you're, you're depressed and you've suffered a great loss and you begin to pray and a peace comes over you that there are no words to explain, I cannot adequately communicate a life without that. But it's very, very dark. It's a very dark place to live in when you live your life in a God Void. And every time you sinned, you had to go to a priest. Or you had to find you a perfect animal and kill it and shed its blood. It is a dark hole that mankind lived in for 4,000 years. And it had man longing. It had man searching. And every man, every man was looking for a Messiah. Every man was looking for a savior. Every man was looking for a redeemer. All the world was looking for a Messiah. Now, as always, if you've got two different people, you've got two different opinions. And as always, some thought the Messiah would look like this. Some thought the Messiah would do this. Some thought the Messiah would wear these clothes. Some thought the Messiah would wear those. Some thought the Messiah would surround himself with these kind of people. So you had all kinds of opinions about who the Messiah was, where he was going to come from, how he was going to be, what he was going to do. But here's what I'm telling you. Everybody was looking for a Savior. Everybody was looking for a Savior. For 4,000 years of human history, man looked for God with no access to God because of sin. No access to God. A high priest on your behalf once a year, prophets trying to tell you what God would say and, and, and all of that, even very, very rare and, and a large, dark, dark, lonely place. Mankind didn't know God. Mankind didn't know what God was like. Mankind didn't know how God thought. There was no personal contact with God. The title of today's message is, Why is Christmas a big deal? Because wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger, was all man. Born a natural physical birth, but its seed was all God. The egg of a woman was fertilized by the seed of God. Romans is very clear about our sin nature that is passed down one man, Adam, sinned, and that sin is passed down to every man. Don't act like this is a confusing theological dissertation. Have you ever noticed that you always think worry first? And you got to, oh, don't think that, come on, have faith, come on, Tim, have faith, believe God. Have you ever noticed your first thought is fear and you've got to build faith up in your heart? Don't act like this is a, a deep theological revelation. Have you ever been around an infant? 
No infant lays there in the crib and says, My mom's been up with me 17 times. I'm going to let her sleep for a little while. Every infant is the epitome of the word selfishness. Its entire life is wrapped around selfishness and self-centered with no thought for anybody. Don't act like, I don't know about passing down sin nature. Put two baby, to put two kids in the floor and put 50 toys out there and you watch sin nature. They'll fight to the death over one toy. If you don't rush in there and jerk him apart and get his teeth off of the other one's arms and slap the other one down and get over here. Fifty toys in the floor and they'll fight over one toy. Don't act like you don't understand the Adamic sin nature that is inherent to all mankind. You're born in sin. Every man is born in sin. Just watch your thoughts. Watch your actions. Have you ever wanted to do something nice and you did something bad? Have you ever left the house wanting to say something good and you said something you shouldn't have said? Come on, don't act like you don't understand sin nature. The list of examples is endless because it encompasses our whole life. We are born in sin through the seed of Adam and every person deals with that. And laying in that manger is the only hope. The only hope for the world. Because all of mankind is trapped in the born sin nature that completely controls them. I, I don't understand myself. I don't understand myself. I want to do good. And I turned right around and said something I shouldn't have said. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I want to be a blessing to other people. And I turned right around and bit somebody's head off. And I said something I should have never said and acted like a jerk. I mean, I don't get it. I want to say encouraging positive things. And I just cut somebody down to the quick and walked off. I, I, don't, I don't understand myself. I don't get it. I, I want to do right and end up doing wrong. I want to be a good guy and end up being a bad guy. I, I don't get it. Who will save me? From this condition that I'm in. Oh, Tim, I recognize you're, you're quoting Romans right there. No, no, no. I'm quoting every man that's ever lived. I'm telling you, every man and every woman, all of mankind, understands exactly what I'm saying. Because all of us have the seed of Adam and have been born with a sin nature. And we don't even understand ourselves. We do the very thing that we don't want to do. We do the very thing that we hate. Who will free me from this miserable person I am? And laying in that manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. No. no. No other religious leader paid the price to break the control of sin nature in my life. No, this isn't happy holidays. And no, all religions aren't the same. Because no other religious leader broke the control of the Adamic sin nature that I was born with. The title of today's message is Why is Christmas a big deal? Why is this a big deal? The answer to that question 
is in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51. Jesus shouted out again. He released his spirit in verse 51. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. There was a curtain in the sanctuary of the temple. And all the people sat out here and God sat back there because they couldn't be God and people couldn't be in the same room with each other. And there was a big curtain, there was a big thick veil that separated the presence of God from everybody else. And verse 51 says, when Jesus said it's finished, that curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And no other holiday tore that curtain for me. No other person's birthday tore that curtain for me. Christmas is a big deal because that curtain was torn and gave me access to the presence of God. Turn your Bibles to the very back, or close to the back of your Bible is Hebrews. Close to the back of your Bible is Hebrews chapter 2. Because God's children are human beings, verse 14, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it's necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of people. Since he himself has gone through the suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Yeah. That's why Christmas is a big deal. And it is a big deal for all mankind. Chapter 4, verse 14 goes on. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of us the same testings we do, yet... He did not sin. Verse 16. So let us come, look at that word, boldly. To the throne, look at this, of grace. To the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive His mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Christmas is a big deal. It's a big deal for all mankind. It's not happy holidays. It's not just another holiday. It's a big deal for all mankind because there is no other holiday that makes it possible for you and I to go boldly to God in the midst of our sin and receive His grace. 
And maybe for you it's bah humbug, Christmas ain't a big deal. But for me, for somebody who needs His grace, for somebody who daily depends on His grace, for somebody like me who needs His presence in my life, Christmas is the biggest of deals because it gives me access to the throne of grace. That's why I got lights on my house. Trees in my house with lights on them. Christmas is a big deal to me because it celebrates the birth of the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. A lot of other religions and religious leaders and religious teachings and theological ideas. But there is only one way to get your sins forgiven and enter into the presence of God. And it all is because of a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in that manger. No other religious leader saves man from his sin by becoming his sin for him. No other religious leader does that. The celebration of Jesus is the biggest deal to ever happen in the world. And it so affected the world that the world changed its entire dating system to before Christ and after Christ. The whole world changes dating system because the whole world recognizes the Messiah the Savior of the world. And no other holiday, no other religious event makes access to God possible. Why is Christmas a big deal? Christmas is a big deal because you and I can come to these altars and kneel and pray. Don't take for granted our time of giving our time of coming to the altars and praying. Don't take that for granted because all of that is made possible by a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Christmas is a big deal because we can open up our altars. You can come and kneel at our altars. You can worship God with your money. You can partake of his blood in his body because of a little baby lying in swaddling clothes placed in a manger. I want you to stand with me today. Christmas is a big deal. No other person, no other person's birthday in the history of the world opens up the path for me to walk off of this platform, take my wife by her hand, and come and kneel at the altar. It's not my perfect life. It's not my sinless life. It's His grace and His mercy that makes this next moment of our service all possible today. Let's worship God and thank Him for the birth of the Savior of the world. 
We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store. 